Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Olivia Perry and today we are going to be discussing the highly anticipated uh, Moore versus United States case. This case is going to be heard by the Supreme Court in December of 2023. The case arose from questions over the constitutionality of portions of Congress's 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Uh, This is abbreviated TCJA for brevity. The case was originally heard before the Ninth Circuit of Appeals, who ruled in favor of the TCJA, meaning that they ruled in favor of the taxes imposed by that act. The portion of the TCJA under review in the Moore case relates to whether taxpayers should have to pay taxes on unrealized gains from foreign companies. In the past, U.S. taxpayers were faced with the incentive to hold foreign earnings offshore in order to bypass the hefty tax on repatriated earnings imposed by the United States. However, since the passage of the TCJA, Congress has implemented a deemed repatriation under Section 965 of the Internal Revenue Code. This deemed repatriation is known as the Mandatory Repatriation Tax, Uh, Here, we will refer to it as the MRT. This is a one-time inclusion of deferred foreign earnings to taxable income from the past 30 years. So this is retroactive, which is important to note. The deemed repatriation prescribed in the TCJA or the MRT would stand to increase United States revenue from taxes substantially as many U.S. companies deferred foreign revenue offshore in order to seek relief from the United States' high corporate tax rate comparative to other countries. It's also uh, interesting to note that a lot of, due to the United States tax uh, code, a lot of U.S. businesses um, their behavior was such that they changed to they changed to be in a different com- country uh, for tax benefits. The Moore versus United States case is being brought to the Supreme Court by Charles and Kathleen Moore, who have a controlling interest in a foreign company operating out of India. Their taxes payable increased substantially with the deemed repatriation established by the TCJA. The Moors are challenging the constitutionality of this portion of Congress's 2017 Act. Specifically, there are two main issues to be decided by the Supreme Court. The first one is the constitutionality of taxing unrealized gains, which the plaintiff, i.e. the Moors, claims defines their deferred foreign earnings as the earnings have not been given to them yet. And the second issue is the constitutionality of retroactively taxing earnings, citing the 16th Amendment's clearly realized requirement for taxation. Now, for the remainder of this podcast, we are going to be focusing on the second issue of the 16th Amendment and if the TCJA's implementation of the MRT is constitutional under the 16th Amendment. So just for clarity and for completeness, the 16th Amendment allows for the United States government to impose an income tax. So that's kind of the jumping off point of the rest of our discussion here. Uh, The Supreme Court's potential decisions on this issue could pose several possible outcomes. If, for example, the Supreme Court determines that the entirety of the TCJA's deemed repatriation is unconstitutional, the United States 
revenue reduction from taxes would be material. The majority of the impact would come from a potential strike down of the deemed repatriation for corporations, as that makes up a majority of United States revenue from repatriation taxes. So now um, those that's kind of the overall general overview of the case and some general potential outcomes with their uh, reperco- potential repercussions. Um, now I will go through three different amicus briefs published relating to the upcoming Moore versus United States case. Now I've chosen these specifically because I think these three provide a couple of different views um, and potential outcomes for the case and reasons why they believe those things. These amicus briefs are published by people who are not related to the case, but maybe have an interest in it and um, express their views and the reasons for those views. So the first one I will discuss um, is an amicus brief published by Professor Hank Adler, um, and it provides further analysis and potential ramifications for the Supreme Court's ruling over the constitutionality of the deemed repatriation tax. Professor Adler of Chapman University has dedicated much of his research to the mandatory repatriation tax established by the TCJA. He states that the MR that quote, the MRT employs a unique two-tiered tax rate based on the makeup of a taxpayer's balance sheet rather than the progressive or regressive tax rates used in 100% of tax calculations since the advent of the 16th amendment. He concludes that the MRT is unconstitutional end quote He concludes that the MRT is unconstitutional because it results in differing tax treatments for taxpayers with the same amount of taxable income because the MRT is determined by ownership of an asset. He then argues that if the MRT is determined to be constitutional, it will allow Congress to create varying tax structures based on any number of arbitrary criteria. Now, I think this take is very interesting. So Professor Adler is... Um, thinking that the court should side with the Moors here, that he, he thinks that based on the 16th Amendment, the MRT is unconstitutional because it provides for differing tax treatments to people that should have the same tax treatment. Um, so I think that's a really interesting perspective. I also really um, think it's interesting how he carried that into if um you know, the the repercussions afterwards. If the Supreme Court were to go through with this, um, it would allow for Congress to have a lot more, um, I guess, freedom and leeway to create other tax structures based on other criteria, um, which is a really kind of interesting take. The next um, amicus brief that I chose in this discussion was from the Chamber of Commerce of the United States of America, and they also support the unconstitutionality of the MRT. The Chamber of Commerce backs the plaintiff, or the Moors, in believing that they have not realized any gains of their foreign business earnings and therefore shouldn't have no associated tax liability. They argue that by ruling for the constitutionality of the MRT, the court denies the denies, quote, the 16th Amendment's central limiting principle, end quote, arguing that, quote, the authority of tax incomes brings with it some form of a realization requirement, end quote. So here, the Chamber of Commerce is saying that they also agree with the Moors, just like Professor Adler in the previous example, 
because they think that the MRT is unconstitutional because they because the Moors have not realized the revenue from the foreign company that they are investing in. Therefore, the U.S. government, in their view, should not tax that income. Uh, the next, uh, the third and final uh, amicus brief that I've chosen for this discussion is in contrast to the other two. Um, this one is by the Tax Law Center at NYU Law and professors Ari Glogauer, David Kamen, Rebecca Kaiser, and Darian Shansky. Um, and it is in favor of the defendant. It is in favor of the United States. This brief argues that the MRT taxes realized sums become, because income has been realized at the corporate level. In which case, Moore versus United States is not a question of whether Congress has the ability to tax unrealized gains. Rather, the case questions whether, uh, whether quote, income realized by a corporation to its shareholders rather than to the corporation itself and tax them based on their attributable shares of that realized income, end quote. So here, uh, like I said, the amicus brief is siding with the United States in that the TCJA's MRT tax is constitutional under the 16th Amendment uh, because they believe that the income is that the earnings from the foreign company are uh, realized at the corporate level, meaning that they should be able to be taxed uh, by the United States government. So that's kind of an interesting perspective that's opposite. Um, so here, just to recap, we have seen three different amicus briefs. Two are in favor of the Moors and one is in favor of the United States. It seems like the pinnacle of the argument in each of these briefs revolves around if the income is considered realized. So I think that's super interesting. Um, and it'll be, have a lot of, imp whether, however the Supreme Court rules um, and kind of this, I guess, maybe the severity of that ruling, whether it's, you know, this applies to corporations or this applies to individuals, will have a bearing on not only the revenue that the United States government receives from uh, taxes, um, but all uh, specifically repatriation taxes, but also behavior of businesses and individuals when it comes to foreign earnings. Um, the implication of the Moore case will be impactful for U.S. taxpayers and how U.S. companies do business in the future. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how this case plays out. Um, and I think that it'll provide a lot of insight um, into future behavior of taxpayers. Thank you for listening to my podcast and I hope you enjoyed.